Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. On behalf of Marana Air and the rest of the crew, I want to welcome you to flights 0964 AV in Toronto. In order to distract you from likely event of a crash, vials of laudanum and audio-based entertainment will be provided. These are not optional gifts. Tonight's entertainment is a tale of rags, alcohol, and vomit, read to you by Gregs Bishop with musical backing by Petr Gabler. Susan, Don't Tell Anyone But the Janitor Threatened to Murder Me was originally released December of 2022 and is a part of the Miranda Air Shared Universe. If you want to hear the rest of the intertwined stories, make sure to keep on flying Miranda Air over the following weeks. Ladies and gentlemen, please make sure your headphones are attached tightly to your ears before you try assisting your loved ones. Also, please ensure your seatbelts are buckled beyond a point of comfort. The flight will be aiming towards heavy turbulence. Susan, I want this email to remain between the two of us. I know you like to gossip, and I saw that anti-work post you made about Charlie. But please, Susan, don't tell anyone about this email. I don't know who else to go to. You're the only person whose private contact I have, and if I went to HR, I would get fired. Or worse. Susan, I saw something tonight. I stayed at the office after everyone had left and I saw something I was not meant to see. I saw something, something incomprehensible and mad and I am in danger. You're the only one I can turn to. You're the only one I can trust. Susan, the janitor threatened to murder me today. He, he threatened to murder me and it is only another promise that I wouldn't tell a soul that he'd let me go. He let me go. I can't stay silent. Look, look, we both know no work is ever done at the office. People just clock into Marana to drink and smoke and look busy. I've heard someone say that it's just because we're a regional office that's used for tax breaks. We're not. I checked. We're the corporate headquarters of an airline that has daily flights in every major city in the world. Susan, have you ever seen someone call a customer? Have you, in the past six months, seen anyone do any work at Marana? No, you haven't. That's because we're not doing any of the work. We're just cover. We're just cover for what happens in the offices during the night. We're just, we're just tiny pawns in something bizarre and dangerous. And today, I saw things as they are. If anyone else at Marana finds out that I saw what I saw, I'm as good as dead. So please, Susan, please, Susan, I beg you, don't post any of this to Reddit. So, so some guy from a sales has a birthday party, right? We're celebrating at the top floor, then celebrate a bit more at the bar across the street. By the time we get back to the office, I'm really hammered. Heard that serious looking audit lady is back, so I hide under my desk to keep out of sight. I figured I'll sleep it off and then wake up around five, go get something to eat, and then go home. I didn't. I woke up in pitch darkness, curled up beneath my desk. I was still pretty hammered, but the moment I came to, I knew where I was. I could also smell a familiar stench. You know that supply closet full of rags on the second floor? 
the one that everyone complains about because it smells like ancient sweat? That smell. I could smell that stench inside my cubicle. There was a pile of rags sitting on my chair. It was only thanks to the few rays of light from the street lamps outside that I could see the thing. But I was certain, sitting behind my desk, shaped like a man, sat a pile of those sweat-stained rags from the supply closet. They were typing. It was typing! The, the smell, the shock, the amount of tequila I drank for lunch, it all caught up with me. I needed to vomit, I needed to vomit, but I was so scared that the thing, that, that, that creature that was sitting behind my desk typing away at my computer, I, I feared it was sentient beyond office work. I, I feared it would do something to me. The air smelled like barf in a hot car, Susan, but I stayed put beneath my desk. I stayed put and prayed for the world to return to normal or, or, or for me to wake up in my bed with the whole smelly rag affair just being a, a byproduct of my drunkenness. My prayers weren't answered. For what felt like an hour, I stayed curled up beneath my desk, holding down nausea and trying to control my breath. I, I feared that I would be stuck in my delirious predicament for the whole night. But then I heard the shrill notes of a flute. Walking between the cubicles with no rhythm and no set melody, someone was playing the flute. The moment the first notes of that cryptic song could be heard, the mess of rags that was typing at my desk stood up. With wet, squelching footsteps, the being walked off into the hall. Seizing my chance of escape, I crawled out from beneath my desk and took a peek out of my cubicle. The mess of rags was not alone. It was joined by other clumps of filth and sweat that shuffled their way to the center of the office, walking among the cubicles, leading the procession of rag creatures, was... Susan, I know this all sounds like a joke. I know what I'm describing is wholly insane, but I swear I am not making this up. I swear this is true. It was the janitor. The janitor was leading the procession of rag creatures. The same janitor that hangs around the parking lots in the morning. The same one that gets really aggressive if you complain about the mess in the supply closet. That guy who's a head taller than everyone else at the office and looks like he's just left a war zone that same janitor was leading the march of the rack creatures with a flute he played the flute off key and out of rhythm but the creatures following the grizzled man were dancing or at least bobbing to the shrill sounds of his instrument he was walking up and down the office in slow measured steps and seemed to be completely focused on his music. As drunk and nauseous and terrified as I was, I saw my chance at escape. When the flute-playing janitor had his back turned to me, I rushed towards the staircase out of the building. I almost made it. I almost made it to the staircase and out of that cursed office. Yet rising to my feet was far too much for my drained body. Just before I reached the door to the stairs, I lost my balance and, and fell. 
I managed to hide behind one of the cubicles, but my landing had stopped the janitors playing. Immediately, a flashlight was aimed in my direction. At first, the janitor called out into the darkness with some semblance of sanity. He asked me to come out of my hiding spot. He told me that no one was allowed in the offices after sundown. At first, his tone was reasonably civilized, but when I didn't show, when I didn't listen to his orders, the janitor lost his mind. His steady voice gave way to a flurry of violent vulgarity. The janitor screamed about how he would crush my skull if I didn't show, how he would cut up my body until I couldn't be recognized. I was nauseous and drunk and drained, but hearing the sheer madness of the voice approaching me, I knew I had to run. I leaped out of my hiding place and sprinted down the stairwell. I'd managed to make my way down the first staircase without stumbling, but by the time I reached the second set of stairs, my legs gave out. I fell down the stairs, and before I knew it, the janitor was on top of me. He lifted me up by my shirt and slammed me against the wall. For a moment, I was relieved that he had none of those terrible rag creatures in tow. My relief was misplaced. The janitor came down the staircase without the filthy demons, but he did have a knife. A big, dull combat knife that he pressed against my throat. His hands were shaking and his voice was manic. The janitor was clearly panicked, but I had no doubt he would end my life there and then. He, he screamed. He screamed about gutting me like a fish, about making sure that no one ever finds out what I saw. He raved and rambled about how my life was going to end because I had witnessed too much. The madness in his eyes, the blade, his fury, it was far too much for me to handle. I was so scared, I puked. I puked on the janitor in fear, and I'm certain that's the only reason why I'm able to write this email right now. The vomit tempered him. He dropped me and continued to scream at me. His anger, however, seemed to be more focused on me dirtying his uniform, rather than me interrupting whatever horrid ritual I had stumbled into. Seizing my chance, I begged. I begged for my life, and I promised him I saw nothing, and I swore on everything that is holy that I would never tell a living soul what I have seen. At first he wasn't convinced, but with enough tears, enough begging, and some dry heaves, he let me go. When he let me go, I thought that I would actually stay true to my word. I thought I would get home and pass out and forget about the whole affair. But the longer I think about it, the more I consider what I saw. Look, Susan, this all seems insane. I know. I know getting in this email in the middle of the night must seem like some unfunny prank, but I swear what I saw is real. The office we work in is, is a front for something horrid. Whatever work is done in the Morana offices during the night is a part of something terrible and inhuman. I don't know how I'll go into the office tomorrow. I don't know how I'll be able to pass by that supply closet and pretend it's not connected to some... some... terrible ritual. I don't know how I'll carry on. Please, Susan. Please, please tell me I'm not insane.
The Cabinet of Fever Dreams is written and produced by Mike Jesus Langer and is brought to you by patrons such as Moo, Serafina L, Lucky J. Horton, Kus, Bob Kondurk, Chicken Mixer, Daniel Wengel, Mr. Creepypasta, Charlie Cooper, Daniel Kincaid, and Matt. If you'd like to join these fine people and support the show and get early access to episodes along with a bunch of bonus content, drop by patreon.com slash MikeJLanger. That's all for tonight. See you all on the next episode of The Cabinet of Fever Dreams.